Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Well, I'm so glad that you've joined me today for The Gathering, Bringing God into Everyday Life. And our lesson today is going to be on the anchor of hope. You know, I have found that many people are hopeless. um, And some of them don't even know it because they haven't identified it yet. Are they embarrassed by it? Are they aren't admitting it because they just haven't quite figured out that they've lost hope in situations? And... One of the things I've discovered in life, and if you're listening for the first time, I just want to say I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a columnist for the newspaper, I'm a speaker, I love Jesus, and I love helping people walk in freedom and take the next step in their freedom. And one of the things I've discovered in my decades of ministry and social work and and working with people is that Satan doesn't come all dressed up in this little red suit with a pitchfork. Um, He is sneaky and he can steal our hope in different, different ways. But his job description, it tells us in the Bible, is to come and steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to steal our joy in life, our peace in life, our freedom in life. Uh, but Jesus has said that he came so we could have life and life abundantly. What really happens, I believe, is his real, his real goal is to cause us to not have faith in God. Because when you don't have faith in God or you don't have faith in a situation, it can make you hopeless. So let me define hopelessness. What is it? Well, it's having, and this is number one in your note taking, it is having no expectation of good or success. It's to look at something and see it's incapable of redemption or improvement. And many times what happens is hopelessness can lead us into depression which is marked by sadness, inactivity, difficulty in thinking or concentrating, uh, an increase or decrease in appetite, wanting to sleep all the time, feelings of dejection, um, even suicidal tendencies. People feel hopeless in their situation. I know that Um, I battled some helplessness and some depression right after losing my husband. I was widowed at 49, and right after my husband uh, was gone, my dad got sick and was hospitalized, and I got him out of the hospital, and then my mom went in, uh, 
and she wasn't doing real well. And then my dad went back into the hospital. And so right after the cusp of losing um, my husband of 30 years, I was still going back to hospital, still caregiving in a sense. And I remember just the feelings that I had. I didn't want to be where I was in life. Um, and it was so easy to focus on the negative. And I thought, oh my gosh, Joe is gone. I was exhausted. Um, and I thought, this must be my new life. I guess I'm just going to be caregiving for people the rest of my life. I had been doing it for a while. And um, I really had to, that's what I was feeling. And I had to really stop and just put my mind back on what the Word of God says but that's how I saw my life and I feel like at that point in my life I was hanging on by a thread of hope uh, we can have a rope <laughs> but I was hanging on by a thread and I'm so grateful just as I partied with the Lord and, and said you know God I need you to reveal truth I know you're good I know you're with me I know you have plans and purposes for me, but right now I'm just being honest about how I feel. So maybe you feel the same way. You feel trapped. And I just want to say, God sent me today to extend hope to you. So what is hope? Hope is a feeling, and this is number two in your notes. Hope is a feeling of expectation, trust, and confidence. And it comes from the Greek word, when you look it up in the concordance, it's called ELPO, ELPO, which means anticipate with pleasure and to welcome. That's what that word means. Isn't that neat? A feeling of expectation, trust, and confidence. We may not see how it's going to play out, but we put our hope and our confidence in a God who loves us. And number three in your note taking. Hope keeps us moving forward in life. And that's why it's so critical because we want to keep moving forward. I think when there's, when we feel stuck or feel like we're going backwards, we can lose hope and we want to keep going forward in our life. And that's the very thing that, that I battled um, in, those, in those days of, of loss. Um, and watching my parents slowly decline was, I felt stuck and I didn't feel like I was moving forward in life. And so that, that um, I can't think can affect us. But hope isn't vital, only vital in times of crisis, but in our everyday life because we want to keep moving forward in our business, in our relationships in our um, personal life and goals and many many things and challenges that we face in life we need the anchor of hope and the bible has a lot to tell us about hope i found for me personally i needed help in hope in business situations in relationships and health issues in finances um, we don't just need hope every now and then. I think we need it in our everyday life. I remember in um, some of the early years of our marriage, 
marriage to my late husband, um, we, we had some things happen and we got into debt and the more we tried to get out, it just didn't seem to happen. And that grew. And then we had some challenges. And, um, I remember thinking, I don't know that we'll ever get out of debt lord and unless you you know intervene and do something i need you to show us show us how we can get out of this and that went on for for some years and then one day there was something that happened and bam it allowed us to get out of that debt and but in that time it was critical that we hang on to the hope that god was our hope it wasn't in our ability to provide um, it was in our, our hope had to be in God so what do you need hope in what is what do you anchor yourself in when life gets crazy and the waves of life are tossing around you and what's something you wanted and you're still waiting for well, what do you put your hope what do you put your hope in is it do you put it in your intelligence to figure it out do you put it in your friends do you put it in your money uh, do you put your hope in your boss? Um, I want you to just think about that for a minute because people can let us down. Employers can change. Economy can fail us. Even church people can let us down or the church cannot be there sometimes when we need it. And the only one that we can really depend on in life is God. And his love for us. I want to read a passage in Hebrews 3.20. And let me just set a little bit of the, um, the storyline. Sarah and Abraham had been wanting a baby. They had wanted a baby for a long, long time. And God promised Abraham and Sarah he would give them a child. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Um, and this is Hebrews 6. And I'm going to read in... Um, I'm going to read just parts of it. It says, Now God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself. He swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. And so God swore to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And so Abraham waited patiently, and waited in faith and succeeded in filling that promise. But there was that gap in between that promise and seeing that promise fulfilled. And it says in, in verse um, 18, So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that what he promises, his vow will never change. And now... We have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. Right there we see how God wants us to have hope. And he wants it unshakable. We have a certain hope like a strong unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to his mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Wow. Right there. Unshakable hope. 
is what God wants to be for us in our situation. So I hold that out to you right there. And that's on the Passion Translation in Hebrews 6. Number four in your note taking. Hope becomes an anchor when we know how much God loves us. You see, love is the beginning and the end of everything. And it's hard to trust or hope in God if you don't know that He loves you. And if you don't know that He loves you, number one, I'm here to tell you that today. Because over and over, He tells us um, that He loves us. It says in Jeremiah 31, 3, I've loved you with an everlasting love and with loving kindness have drawn you. And He's drawing us closer to him because he wants us to have a closer and closer relationship. But let me read right now in Lamentations 3, 21 through 26. It says, Yet I call to mind, therefore I have hope, because the Lord's great love, we will not be consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To those who seek him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Man, that is a beautiful passage. And it tells us, and you know, in scripture, it's, reminding you sometimes you have to remind yourself you have to remind yourself you have to take charge of what's going on in your heart and that's how we can take charge of our circumstances it's not in taking charge of people um, or other things it's taking charge of our soul and right here in lamentations it's yet I call to mind and therefore I have hope and he's reminding himself how much God loves him that is Love is new every morning. His compassions are new every morning. That he's faithful. And it says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. You actually receive a blessing when you put your hope in God and wait for his salvation. So look that passage up. So how do we get hope? And what do we do when we feel like our hope is gone? And something doesn't happen. Well, number five in your note taking, our hope has to be in God's ability to work things out for our good. So our hope has to be, even in those delays, even when we see crisis happen in our life, it has to be in God's ability to work this out for my good. And so, you know, for me, when I partner with him, and say, Lord, you know, this is hard. I don't see the bigger picture right now, but I partner with you. So help me to see you work this out for my good. Open my eyes. Because, you know, like for me, there I was in the situation and, and um, you know, widowed and watching my parents slowly slip away and having to deal with so many things as a single mom, uh, take care of myself. You know, my heart was broken and so I needed God to heal it. And that just didn't seem to happen overnight. Grief is a process. 
but I had to keep looking to God and there were times I would just have to say, Lord, I know you're working this out for my good. I trust that you're working it out for my good. And that gave me hope. It tells us in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who loves him, who have been called according to his purpose. God's not standing there wringing his hands saying, oh my goodness, you know, what are we going to do? Kathleen is in a crisis. Um, he's not looking to Jesus and said, do you know what to do? You know, looking to the Holy Spirit. Okay, what, what are we going to do? No, he's got a plan. Even in our darkest hour, he's working things together for our good. And there were many things that I learned in those dark days. But most of all, I can tell you now, um, and that's been 13 years ago, I can tell you now that I have a closer walk with the Lord. And I had a good walk with the Lord even before that. But I have a closer walk and a dependency um, that I didn't have prior to that hard experience. So that's a one way God worked things together for good. There's been many. But even in little or, you know, everyday things. I remember that um, a few years ago we had decided to update our house. And so I had done, um, got new flooring, new carpet and just finished and that's a fiasco um, because you have to take pick up everything go through stuff and all um, get it measured I was traveling some at that time and so anyway uh, just got the carpet finished had Christmas had all my grandkids there fun time and in January I get this call from uh, or text from the girl that was watching our house teenage girl and she sent me this picture and she said is water supposed to be coming up through the tiles in your kitchen when i walk water is coming up and she shows me this picture and i'm like oh my word well come to find out we had had a leak in our ice maker and so water had been running while we were out of town just a slow leak the the valve had broken and water had gone all under the saltillo tile in my kitchen but had also leaked into our living room and on my new carpet which was ruined in that trial and it was just a, a hard time i was getting physical therapy for my hamstring um, because it had torn off the bone so i'm having to do that i'm having to meet repairmen i'm having to deal with the insurance company i'm trying to do the gathering and the bible study my hope had to be in the Lord, even in those that everyday situation, because it looked overwhelming. And um, I kept saying, God, I trust that somehow you're going to work this together for good. I trust you. And do you know in that I got brand new tile for my kitchen, which was a huge blessing. I got a brand new dishwasher. Um because I couldn't put in the new tile without removing my older dishwasher. And I also made a decision to get wood floors instead of carpet because with grandchildren, I don't want to have to be worrying about things spilling and everything. So it ended up working together for my good. Now, was it a little difficult? Absolutely. Did it take my time, test my patience? 
absolutely. But God worked it together for my good. So I just want to encourage you with that today. But what do we do when we find ourselves hopeless? Um, number six, to not have hope is to have a negative mindset. And that can be detrimental not only to ourselves, but to the people around us. When someone, have you ever been around someone and they're just like negative Nancy? I mean, they're always negative about whatever. They don't see an end in sight. And here's the, here's the truth. We don't get to choose all our circumstances. We don't get to choose the family members in our life, but we do get to choose our response and our attitude in life. And attitude is critical. So number one, I think, what do we do when we find ourselves feeling hopeless is we take charge of our feelings because they can lie to us. Our feelings can, you know, when you feel hopeless or you feel like something's never going to change or you, our feelings can lie to us. You know, any woman listening or any man listening that has lived with a woman can know that you know at a certain time of the month sometimes those hormones something is a crisis that the week later is not a crisis and i battled pms um so i do know some of that some it was hard because my hormones were off um and i i look back and i can see how many times my feelings lied to me but we have to take charge of our feelings and really take them to the lord okay lord why am I feeling this way? And Lord, I give this to you. And I ask for your help. And David in the Bible, this is all over the Bible. He took charge of his hopelessness and he preached to himself. And I think you and I need to preach to ourselves. Uh, too, we just saw in Lamentations, uh, there was preaching <laughs> to yourself. So in Psalm 42, verse 5 and 6, it begins to tell us David preaches to his soul because, and you might want to write this down, our attitude in life affects our actions and our actions affect our words and our words affect our behavior. You might have to think and meditate on that, but circle it and go back to it. But Psalm 42 verse 5 and 6 says, Why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. See, he's commanding his soul. Why are you downcast? Why are you disturbed? But he's admitting his feelings. And that's okay. God loves it. We're, he loves you and me and our honesty. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. So that's an example of someone preaching to themselves, taking charge of their feelings, admitting them, not denying them and moving on. Um, I want to read another scripture to you about hope in Proverbs 3.12. And this scripture talks about a hope, hope being delayed. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And it tells us, and this is in the Passion Translation of this scripture, when hope's dreams seem to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. And that's a more everyday language. But that's where we need that anchor of hope that 
the Bible talks about. No one really likes waiting. You know, it feels good when we get what we want, uh, but when our prayers aren't answered in our timetable, and when we experience disappointments, disillusionments, sometimes it's easy to lose hope. And we, we don't, we serve a God of hope. God identifies, that's part of his character, he identifies himself as the God of hope. Um, and I just want to encourage you, if there are things you've been waiting on for a while and you've had just disappointment and disappointment, I've got a couple of podcasts that you might want to check out. You can go to the three dots in my podcast and drop down and see all the lessons that I've taught or all the different topics. And one of them is dealing with life's disappointments and waiting on God. So those are two I would recommend you listen to if you're struggling in this area. But when something is deferred, it means to put off, to drag out, a long process. And a hope deferred can look like many things. Maybe you've been praying for family members to turn to the Lord. Maybe you've, you're having crisis with your kids or you've been waiting for the sale of your business or for your boss to do something different. Um, or a healing, or maybe you've been waiting, you've been single, and you've been waiting for a mate. As we eagerly hope for something important to us, if we're not careful, and it's postponed a while, we can, we can struggle with that. And the word heart, you know, when I say your heart, it means your mental and emotional core. It's your inner man. And it can make us feel heart sick. And I know that there are things that I waited on and waited on and um, had to just keep commanding my soul to put my hope in God. Because what I've discovered too is our unfulfilled desires and deferred hopes can lead us to reach rich encounters with a Savior that loves us. It tells us in Lamentations 3, 25 and 26, the Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks in him. And then it tells us in Psalm 39, 7, it says, And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My hope is in, my only hope is in you. So check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself because our hope needs to only be in God. Okay, so number two, when we find ourselves battling helplessness, we need to, and I've, I've stated this before, so I'm going to touch on it lightly, but know and trust and declare that God will work this situation for our good. Ask Him for it. And hang on to that promise because it tells us in Romans, <clears throat> and this is Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in, written in the past is to teach us that through endurance and encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. God knew life on earth was going to be difficult and we were going to need hope. Never surrender your hope in God. Never. The enemy will try to knock on your door and come take it and steal your hope. But really, he's trying to steal your faith in God. So don't let him. 
don't let it just say no okay so number three I think when we find ourselves battling hopelessness go to the word ask God for promises and declare and put your hope in him you know one of my favorite passages is Romans 15 13 and it says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him and we can see right there that hope is a part of the character of God made the God of hope that was one of the ways God defined himself and that I think is just really important I remember hearing years ago when they had cassettes now I'm dating myself I was going through some some battles and I remember getting a little scripture tape and it had that passage Romans 15 13 and it was this cute catchy tune I'm not going to sing it for you but may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him and I bet I would play that over and over again because I needed it to soak in to my spirit I needed it to not just be head knowledge but to go down into my heart and number four I think when we're battling hopelessness we can write down those promises we can go to the Lord and say you know Lord I need a promise to hang on to in this time and um, one of my passages that I I had and one of my adversity um, hurdles of life was Jeremiah 31 17 and it says I remember reading it one day and saying it was like the Lord said here's what I have to say about this situation that you're wringing your hands about Kathleen so there is hope for your future declares the Lord and you know that's underlined highlighted circled in my Bible because at that point in time I wrote that on a note card I put it where I could see it so that I could be reminded that there was hope for my future and Psalm 71 14 is a declaration of hope it says as for me I will always have hope I want you to say that with me right now as for me I will always have hope I will praise you more and more and that was a declaration of hope David took charge of his feelings he took charge of what he could his emotions and declared that he would have hope and then it says in Psalm 33 verse 20 wait for him wait in hope for the Lord for he is our help and he is our shield and Psalm 62 5 says my soul wait thou only on God for my expectation is in him so David just over and over in scripture and he man I mean he he battled many things rejection um, um, Saul tried to kill him um, my goodness you I don't have time to go into the story of David but he had his challenges and yet I love the tenderness of his heart and then as we wrap things up today I just want to um, read a scripture and tell you some of the benefits of hope so what are the benefits for us why is this good for us what are the benefits what am I going to gain 
Well, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling worn out, I'll tell you, you need some hope. And it tells us in Isaiah 40, verse 30 and 31, it says, Even youth grow tired and weary, and a young man stumbles and falls. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Wow, that's powerful. Um, just the benefits of hope. So if you're tired, if you're weary, if you feel like you're stumbling and falling, I challenge you to go back and grab onto hope and declare it. And in this passage, the word hope actually means, if you look it up in the concordance, in the Greek, it means to strengthen or to wait, to bind or twist. And when I read that and discovered that, it was like the Lord was saying, in your waiting, Kathleen, I want you to bind and grow closer to me. I want to twist so that there is such a strength between you, me, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus. That's how you're going. You see yourself as hanging on to a thread, but that's what I want to do in you, to bind and strengthen you closer to me. So our hope in God gives us strength and ability to weather our circumstances and to keep going. And that's not just hope in anything. It's hope in the Lord. You know, and even in our secular society, uh, they have discovered, and in medicine, the importance of hope. So when my late husband was battling uh, cancer, and he had a cancer that two in a million get, only two in a million, he battled Merkel cell carcinoma. And we immediately were sent to MD Anderson, with you know brilliant doctors from all over the world and we had our meeting with the doctor and we went in just so full of faith and and ready for this challenge we had a lot to live for we had a great marriage we had three kids um we were about to we had just entered into being empty nesters and we were really looking forward to that season of life and when we got there the doctor told us they said um well, this cancer is advanced stage three, but we're going to treat it as curable. And this is our plan. And one of the things the doctor said to me is he said, I don't want you to read things on the internet. He said, because you can get wrong information. And if you have questions, we have a library here at MD Anderson um, and we can talk further. But I just want to, you know, encourage you not to do that. Well, one day, Joe was having a 10-hour chemo, and that's just a very long time, and I had been in there with him, and I said, I just need to go go for a walk and get out and grab some air, and on my way back to his, his room, um, I decided to stop by the library at MD Anderson. I'd never been there, and so I went in, and I began to look up. Merkel cell carcinoma, and I've found in all these, you know, these books that they had there, um, what it had to say about his, his um, 
what he was battling about this cancer. And what I found out was it said that, that I forget the exact statistic, but most people, 80, like 80%, something like that, don't make it past nine months if they have advanced stage three. And it went in to just talk about, um, you know, how they didn't really have a cure for this, but they were trying different things. And I was heartsick. I was, I was really heartsick. And I went back up to the doctor's office and I told the nurse, I said, I, I need to talk to Dr. Keys. And she said, okay, you may have to wait. And I said, I have some questions and I really need to talk to him. And he came out and he was kind. And I asked him, I said, why didn't you tell us this statistic? And he looked at me and he said, Kathleen, he said, we have discovered something here at MD Anderson that hope is critical to someone's battle in cancer and hope makes a big difference and he I'm not even sure that he was a Christian um, but it showed me right there how even our secular world sees hope as vital and I will say that's one thing MDA did well is they helped keep our hope alive and yet we knew that our trust was had to be in God and not even in the medical treatment um, that we did you know I will tell you nine months after his diagnosis my late husband passed away did I get what I hoped for no not necessarily no not really but to me God never failed me he was faithful he was with me in the most challenging time of my life. And my hope has remained in God, a God that dearly loves me. Because now I know him as a God who heals broken hearts. And he's the one that has helped me as I've hung on to hope, keep moving forward in life. And God has birthed so many things from that tragedy and worked it together for my good. Um, do I miss the life I had? Yeah, but I do have a new one and I have remarried. I've got a, a new husband. We've been married 10 years now and I love hope holding out hope to people in their adversity and their circumstances. And he's looking for people that are optimistic and see life's possibilities in the midst of where they are. I had a good friend that gave me a Christmas gift this year, and for those of you that that um, maybe new or haven't been following my podcast, I've been working here in Uvalde with families uh, that have been affected by the the mass shooting that happened May twenty fourth in our community. And one thing I know is God does heal broken hearts, and He's looking for people that hold out hope that even when it's so hard and you're having to dig through the ashes of life 
God wants us to hang on to that anchor of hope. And my friend gave me this little uh, wood, wood cutout, and it said hope. And she said, you know, Kathleen, when I saw this, I thought of you. And I wanted to give it to you. And I said, oh, great. And go in my bathroom, and I know right where I'm going to put it. And she went on to say, and this, she told me this a couple of days later. She said, you know, when I saw that, I just, I was thinking about you and praying for you. And I thought, Kathleen is like a hope dealer. She's gone down there and she's giving her hope away. And that's the beauty of walking with the Lord. And it so encouraged my heart and just strengthened me um, that the Lord wants to use everyday people like you and me to hold out hope for others because it is critical. It's critical to our attitude, which affects our words and our actions. So examine yourself and look at your heart and hang on to the anchor of hope because there's benefits for you and me. And the Lord is saying, take my hand and I'm going to help you walk through this. God's looking for people that are optimistic and see the possibilities in life and put their home hope in Him. So I want to close with Jeremiah 31, 17, which says, So there is hope for your future. Right now, as we close in prayer, and I just want you to pray this with me. I'd like to pray that if you're you've been hopeless in a situation that you would renounce that hope and turn around and put your hope in God, not your own ability, and declare it and wait expectantly in the God because there is hope for your future. Let's pray. Say, God, I come to you and I just admit that I am hopeless in this situation and fill in the blank. I renounce hopelessness and today I choose as an act of my will to put my hope in you. Forgive me where I've put it in other things and I declare that I will wait on you and ask that your love anchor me and that the anchor of hope keep me steady in the midst of this storm. Thank you that there is hope for my future, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I ask that you bless my friends. I ask that you bless each one listening, that their families become households of hope. Lord, I pray for each person to... Lord, just the courage to admit how they really feel and take that to you. And take these tools. Your word is rich with tools. You provide for us tools that help us 
move forward in life. So I ask for just a special grace and mercy for each person to take those tools in Jesus' name and rise up and walk in faith and hope in you, the God who dearly loves us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today, and um, I will see you next week.